Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his newsmaking interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey folks, welcome to another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast, which as usual is totally free and available at podcastone.com, Apple Podcasts, also Spotify, all different places to get it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for streaming. Thank you for checking it out. Thank you for subscribing and enjoying what I do here on the podcast New episodes every single Thursday. And as I remind you each and every week, because I have to and I want to, uh, everything you hear interview-wise on this podcast originated on my live Sirius XM radio show, which is called Trunk Nation. It is rock talk heard live daily, Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time. It replays every night, 10 to midnight Eastern, and full shows, audio and video are on demand anytime you want on the Sirius XM app. The show is heard on volume, Sirius XM channel 106. If you are li- if you live in the U.S. or Canada, please come on board and join me if you are not already on Sirius XM and hear me live talking rock with you every single day. And here on the podcast, you get a tiny, tiny little tease, little sample of what I do on a daily basis on the radio. Everybody else around the world, thank you for listening and thank you for checking out the podcast and spreading the word about it. Not a lot from me here on the open because this is a pretty long one this week because I have two great interviews for you uh, to bring you. So it's going to take up a lot of time and I want to get right to them very quickly. I will just tell you, though, right at the top that I am about to head out on the Monsters of Rock cruise, which is leaving this Saturday. It is the 10th one. I've hosted every single one of these. They are always a blast. If you're attending, I look forward to seeing you all on board. Speaking of my radio show, I'll be doing it live from the ship Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of next week. So if you have Sirius XM, listen to me broadcast from the ship with a bunch of cool guests. And again, that will all go down all the weekdays in my usual live window, 2 to 4 Eastern, replay 10 to midnight Eastern on Sirius XM 106. So be sure to... 
Check it out. And uh, if you're on the cruise, I'll see you on board. That's the next big thing coming up. And then on February 25th, I'm in L.A. at the Rainbow for the next Trunk Nation L.A. Invasion. Totally free. Live broadcast 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific from Los Angeles. February 22nd, I'm in Tulsa at the IDL Ballroom to host Buck Cherry. Tickets on sale for that now. February 20th, I'll be in L.A. at the Avalon to host the latest Dio Cancer Fund fundraising event, remembering Ronnie James Dio 10 years after his passing. All the details on everything going on on the homepage of eddytrunk.com. Hey, I want to make sure you guys know, if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. That's what NetSuite by Oracle has set out to solve because most companies don't have a clear picture of their finances, and that's why a lot of businesses fail. The question for any business owner out there is, are you confident that you've got the right numbers at your fingertips? It's so important to know what's going on with your business. Some entrepreneurs and finance teams run on NetSuite. The serious ones do, at least. The serious ones run on NetSuite by Oracle the world's number one cloud business system. You see, NetSuite offers a full picture of all your finances all in one place, in real time, right from your phone or your desktop. No more guessing. No more worry that what you don't know could kill your company. That's why NetSuite customers grow three times faster than the S&P 500, and you can too. Schedule your free demo right now and receive their free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, at netsuite.com slash trunk, T-R-U-N-K. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E, dot com slash trunk. Set up your free demo and get your free uh, guide today at netsuite.com slash trunk. netsuite.com slash trunk. So we got a lot to do. We got a lot to get to interview-wise. First up on this week's podcast, an interview with Klaus Meina, lead singer of Scorpions. He's been on this show many times. I've interviewed him many times. Always great to visit with Klaus. He called into my Trunk Nation radio show a couple of weeks ago to talk about the next Las Vegas residency for Scorpions and also gave us some news about an upcoming new Scorpions record, which sounds very promising. We'll hear from Klaus first. Then, from my Sirius XM studios in Los Angeles when I was there around the Grammys, Jay Buchanan, lead singer of Rival Sons, paid me a visit. Jay dropped by the day or two before the Grammys. Of course, Rival Sons were up for two. Unfortunately, they did not win either. But you will hear from Jay talking about his coming Grammy experience and obviously some great stuff about rock from what I think is probably the best singer we have out there today from one of my favorite newer bands, Rival Sons, Jay Buchanan in studio. And again, uh, the time this interview happened, it was just a day or two before the Grammys. Obviously, uh, keeping it in context, now we know, unfortunately, Rival Sons did not win either Grammy, but you can hear the excitement that Jay has or kind of excitement that he had getting ready to go to the Grammys when this interview took place. So that's what I have for you on the Eddie Trunk podcast. First, Klaus from Scorpions, followed by Jay Buchanan of Rival Sons. It's going to be a fun one. I think you're going to enjoy both interviews and they're coming up right after this on this week's Eddie Trunk podcast. 
The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, now that the NFL season is uh, wrapped up, you're going to want to check out the Dan Patrick Show for everything coming up. Dan and the Danettes provide the most up-to-date sports coverage every day of the week. Plus, Dan's got the biggest guests, the best commentary, and everything in between with a bit of fun on the side. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, and many other podcast apps so you can get new episodes every day. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. All right, as promised, a double dip for you this week. Coming up a little bit later on, lead singer and Grammy-nominated lead singer of the band Rival Sons, Jay Buchanan, drops by. But first up, Klaus Mina, lead singer of Scorpions. He gave me a call to talk about the just-announced new Scorpions residency coming to Vegas. Let's get to Klaus right now. Enjoy on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Klaus, how are you, my friend? Very good. Hi, Eddie. How are you, my friend? I'm very, very good. Excited about these shows. You're coming back to Vegas, one of my favorite cities and favorite places to go. And uh, tickets are tickets are going on sale to the general public, 10 p.m. Pacific time tomorrow, so everybody can get in on this. Scorpions Sin City Nights, July 4th at the Zappos Theater in uh, Planet Hollywood. It kicks off and runs for nine shows through July 25th. Klaus, I know you've done Vegas before. Obviously, you guys had a good time and decided to do another round here, huh? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when we get the offer from Planet Hollywood, we say ah, it's got to be perfect, you know, because uh, this year we go back in the studio after a couple of shows we do, in February in Australia, New Zealand, and Southeast Asia. When we come back, we start uh, going into pre-production, and then we come to Los Angeles uh, for the recordings uh, with Greg Fiddleman being our producer. And right on oh, wow. from May, June in L.A., we go to Las Vegas. And uh, it's perfect. And we're very excited to come back to Vegas for another residency. A couple of years ago, we did uh, a residency at the Hard Rock Hotel at the Joint. You know, and uh, it's pretty cool. And this time it's like one stage, one place, you know, and we don't need to travel to go nowhere. You know, it's the fans coming from all over the place to see us in Vegas. And you're a band that literally throughout your whole career has traveled all over the globe. You guys are play, you play every part of this planet. So, yeah, it's got to be nice to be able to just go up to an elevator and go back to your own room as far as instead of getting in a bus or a plane after the gig, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the casinos, they treat their artists really, like, very, very well. And, uh, I mean, it's pretty cool. After all these years, we come back to Vegas and we play right on the strip, you know. It's really, like, we're excited about it. And, uh, yeah, and also it, it works so well with our overall timing this year. And then we prepare for another world tour, I guess, uh, in 21, where we start in the U.S. in hopefully in February, and uh, with a new album, with a new show, new production, and new songs, you know. I'm excited that you're making a new record, and I know Greg Fiddleman's work, and I like it very much. He makes very, you know, aggressive, punchy, sort of hard rock-sounding records, so I'm excited because I hope that's what, I'm sure that's what he's going to bring out of you, but material-wise, where are things at with this record? Are you guys, is everything written and ready to go? 
Actually, we started last year, uh, Rudolf and me, also Matthias, we, we wrote a couple of songs. It was just like, should we make another album? And then, yeah, let's give it a try, you know. And we had such a great creative flow. And uh, But then in June last year, we had to stop because we, we played all over Europe and later last year in, in South America and Russia, all those places. And it was it felt really so good. And now we, we pick it up again when we come back from this trip in Australia, Southeast Asia. When we come back, we go right into pre-production and, and pick, it, pick it up where we, we left it last year in June. But last year, we, we wrote like about 10 new songs or something. So, and of course, there's, there's much more in the tank and <laughs> we're just right now on it and at it, you know. Rudolf's in Thailand, you know, over the winter times and uh, I, I hope he comes back with some killer riffs, you know, because working with Greg Fiddleman, uh, of course, all the, all the hard and heavy fans know him from his work from, with Metallica and Slipknot, you know, we, sure. we try to focus on the harder edge of the band and try to find the Scorpions DNA, like from the good old days, like Blackout and all those records, you know. I don't know if it works out that way, you know, but this is what we try to do and really try to, to focus on the harder edge of the band. Well, that sounds great to me. Now, you're going to record this. I'm in L.A. right now, so your, your plan is to record or start recording the record in L.A. when exactly? Well, actually, we have a pre-production when we come from Australia here in Germany, uh, Greg is coming over here to Germany and work with us, and then we start working in Los Angeles around uh, early May, all through throughout May and June, and in July, uh, like 4th of July, we would celebrate the 4th of July with the first show in Planet Hollywood, you know. Well, you know, the reason why I bring this up, Klaus, is because I do a monthly broadcast here in L.A. from the Rainbow, which I'm sure you've been to in over your career, the legendary Rainbow there on Sunset <laughs> Boulevard. And we, I yeah. take over the patio, and we put up a stage, and I've had everybody from Slash to Billy Gibbons do this, and I do it once a month, and it's a great time with a live audience, and it's live on the radio. So we should talk to, and I'll talk to your, your folks about maybe getting you and Matthias and Rudolph out there and doing one of those while you're here in L.A., because that would be a blast. We'd have a great time for an hour or two out there, and I'm sure the audience would like love little, to see you like guys. Like a little rehearsal you know, for the recording the next day, right? <laughs> yeah, well, you don't have to play, but you just come and talk and take some questions from the audience, yeah. and we just have a great time, and we, we shoot it, and we record it. It goes live on the radio, so that's something we got to pencil you guys in for if you're going to be here in L.A. for a Absolutely. couple months. That'll be a great I mean, time. Any time, any time. That sounds really cool. You know, yeah. also at the Rainbow, they have the best pizzas in L.A., you know, so it's no problem. <laughs> yeah, the food and drink is not a bad thing either. Hey, so speaking of food yeah. and drink, I hear Scorpions came out with their own whiskey? Yeah, that's right, you know, and uh, since so many, many bands from Iron Maiden to Motorhead and everybody out there, you know, they, they put out some, their own drinks, and uh, I, I think Motorhead, they have their own whiskey as well, and of course, since we have Mickey in the band, the game, come on guys, we have to have a whiskey, right? And uh, so we worked really with uh, professionals in Sweden, and they came up really with, with, a, with a cool whiskey. We had a nice design, you know, the Scorpions Rock and Roll Star. And it's not only for the diehard fans to put their whiskey in the bar. It's like, like some really professionals gave it a good review, and uh, so it has a nice, nice taste, you know. And uh, 
Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what we do. But fortunately, it's not only whiskey we're talking about. We're talking about a new album, new songs, and playing shows all over the world. We just did Rock in Rio in October last year, which was fantastic to play in front of over 100,000 crazy Brazilian fans, you know. And uh, so it feels great after all these years, and it's, it's for sure it's a privilege that we still uh, can live our dream, and it's still so much fun to be out there and play for our fans around the world. Well, you know, I'm hearing this schedule that you've got mapped out for at least the next year or so, playing shows all over the world, Vegas residency in July, new record that you're going to start working on soon. I mean, it's it's amazing to me because I think back not too long ago that you guys were a band that were talking about retirement, and now it's anything but. I mean, now that's not even in your vocabulary, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's out of our vocabulary, you know. It's like we don't even know how to spell that word farewell, you know. We only take <laughs> take the well out of the word, leave the fair out and take the well. And we're, we're feeling very well these days, and uh, it feels good. We just keep going. But, I mean, it's 10 years ago we're talking about, you know, when we said, okay, this might be the last tour. But right. then we hadn't an offer to do an MTV Unplugged, and then, I mean, things turn out differently. And I'm, we are glad it did, you know, because we're very much alive. And like I said, there, it feels like there's still some gas in the tank, and there's so much positive feedback. And like I said, it's such a privilege to still, after all these years, perform on this high level on a global stage, you know. We pretty much go all over the place, and it still feels so damn good. As long as you can still do it and do it well and have a good time doing it, there's no reason to stop. Now, I was just thinking this coming in uh, to the to my show today. So Scorpions are coming up on some real uh, landmark anniversaries when you think about now we're in 2020 and we've got the 40th anniversary of Love Drive is now. Then you, you, very quickly you're going to be at uh, 40th anniversary of Blackout. Then 40th anniversary of Love at First Sting. Huge records here in America. Have you guys entertained the idea? I know you, maybe you're not thinking that far ahead, but would you ever consider doing something special for the anniversary of those records, maybe even playing them in their entirety? I know that's something a lot of artists do when big anniversaries come up on certain releases. I know, I know. I mean, that, that's a tough call to go out there and perform Blackout or Love It First Thing or Love Drive in their entirety, you know, play the entire album. Uh, I don't know. It's a tough call. I mean, all those years, you know, it takes some toll, especially on the singer, you know, and if you want to do it, you want to really do it great, you know. I like the idea, and for the fans, of course, it's, it's something special. I hope we come up with a, with a great new album with lots of new songs so we can refresh our, our set list, you know. I know we're on the road for quite a while with the Crazy World Tour. So it's about time to, to write some new stuff. And I think we're much more focused and more excited about playing new songs uh, than celebrating too, too much of the, uh, yeah, of those iconic albums, I guess. But, of course, it's, it's amazing. But when I had my little anniversary coming up playing 50 Years in the Scorpions just a couple of weeks ago, uh, like New Year's Eve from 69 to 70, I joined the band. And this time it's, it's 50 years and I couldn't believe it, but I couldn't believe also that nobody called me. <laughs> nobody said, hey, Klaus, it's great you're in the Scorpions. Uh, my bandmates, nobody gave me a call, you know. So there you go. That's for anniversaries. 
Oh, well, yeah, they, they didn't think too much of it because everybody's just thinking of forward. What's next? You know, next tour, yeah, next album. Absolutely. Everybody never stops and thinks back for a second, as as fans we do, I but know, I know I'm, often I'm, most I'm of the artists kidding. don't. I'm just kidding, Eddie. Yeah. Right. You didn't get a cake or a present or nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> Not yeah, a watch. Yeah, exactly. They could have sent you a watch no, or mean, ring, the, something. The feeling is good in the Scorpions <laughs> camp. You know, we, we have a great time. And now we're excited, you know, to go back to Australia uh, in a couple of weeks, New Zealand and, and Southeast Asia. Actually, it's a double bill together with Whitesnake, with my friend David Coverdale. You know, sure. we did a couple of shows together in, in Latin America lately, like uh, did a lot of shows in, in Brazil and Chile and uh, Colombia, all those places. And it's been great. You know, this is going to be a great package. And also, not to forget, when we come to Vegas, in July, you know, we have Queensryche with us again. You right. know? And those guys, they are amazing. I mean, the new singer, he's, he's not the new singer anymore, I guess. It's been a couple of years already now, but he is great. You know, and we always enjoy uh, those two bands together. It's, it's going to be like a great and powerful package and want to do really like a great show for our fans that hopefully come from all over the place. Hey, uh, I just thought of something else real quick. Um, you so we're talking about how reinvigorated scorpions are and how many things you have coming up and how farewell isn't even in the vocabulary now mickey d has been in the band now for uh two three years i'm I'm not sure exactly how long it's been how much of a role has the arrival of mickey in scorpions played uh in you guys going forward and wanting to continue uh has he really reinvigorated and breathed new life into into the whole thing Absolutely. I mean, it's it's really like a shot of new energy, fresh energy. And I mean, he's such a powerful drummer, great musician, and he's a great guy. And on the personal level, you know, the chemistry is fantastic. <clears throat> it's just so much fun to have him around, you know, and uh, to play with him, you know, it's, it's, it's really like he gave us a, a good new energy. And uh, it, it just feels good, you know, and this is what you need when you go out there play a great show and we know mickey for so many years when he was with motorhead and we shared the stage on festivals here in europe on other places with playing uh, with motorhead together so we, we knew each other for a long time and uh it was a was a great uh when when he joined the band 2016 so there's anniversary coming up with mickey next year five five years <laughs> jeez i can't i'm saying two three years it's almost five it's crazy how time flies i can't five. believe that it's almost five that's cr- exactly that's crazy that is unbelievable <laughs> and how's your voice feeling your vo- the voice feels good yeah it's all good you know you know i think after all these years and when when i take a look at all those bands bands out there my generation uh we all take it a little easier you know in terms of planning a tour planning the dates no more back-to-back shows you know this kind of stuff makes it much easier to survive 50 shows a year or something uh this is what what we did next uh, last year and uh uh you got to take care of your voice you know it's only fun to go out there and and perform when your voice is in, in best shape and you can can give a great performance, you know, and uh, that's what I learned the last couple of years. It's, it's I mean, we, we, as we're growing older, like everybody of us is, is going older, uh, you have to take care of yourself. And uh, being a singer in the band, I think it's it's the most important thing to to 
make the right schedule and 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 work it out the way that you can can deliver every night a, a great gig you know and uh, that's what we did last year and it worked out very well you know no canceled shows nothing of that you know i mean there's nothing you can do when you when you catch a virus or something but other than that you know it's it's good to give your voice a break and uh, recover from the last show have a day off and then come back with fresh energy power and uh, that's what i did all through 2019 it worked out well no cancellations nothing and if i felt great every night out there and that's what i tried to do this year as well well, Klaus, I'm excited for all this stuff you have coming up. I've been a Scorpions fan my whole life. It's great to have you guys out there and still so strong and now making new music and still playing shows. And I look forward to seeing you when you come here to L.A. We'll remind everybody July 4th through 25th, Scorpions Sin City Nights at the Planet Hollywood in Vegas. Nine shows, tickets on sale tomorrow, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 o'clock Eastern time to the general public. And Queensryche is, as Klaus mentioned, the opening act. So Everybody get out there and see this legendary, tremendous live band, always known for unbelievable live performances, and I'm sure those shows in Vegas will be no exceptions. Uh, say hello to everybody. Say hi to all the guys, Klaus, and I will look you up and get in touch with you when you get here to yeah, L.A., and we'll talk about doing that Eddie, rainbow I like show. Say, I like to say thank you for all the listeners in the U.S. and Canada. <clears throat> thank you for all the love and support for so many, many, many years, and we're looking very much forward to see all of you again. And now in Las Vegas and also next year when we start a tour, we'll come also back to the U.S. and Canada. We see all of you. We love you. And thank you so much. Thank you, Eddie. Hope to see you at the Rainbow, all right? I'll see you at the Rainbow, and I'm definitely going to get out to one of those Vegas shows. And I'll I'll connect with you soon, my friend. Travel safe, okay? Say hello to all the guys. I will. Thank you, Eddie. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There he goes. Bye-bye. Well, my thanks to Klaus Meina. Look forward to those dates coming with Scorpions and what sounds like going to be a ripping new record coming soon. Very excited about that. Thanks to Klaus for calling in from Germany. And uh, we got another interview to come. Coming up next, it's Jay Buchanan of Rival Sons on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Interview number two on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast is with Jay Buchanan, who I feel is maybe the finest singer out there from the band Rival Sons. Jay dropped by my studio while I was in L.A. at Sirius XM just a couple days before the Grammys. Rival Sons nominated for two Grammys. At the time we did this interview, Jay did not know he would not win, and sadly, they did not win either Grammy. But you get a little sense of Jay's mindset going into the Grammys. And we also talk about some other stuff as well. So here it is, Jay Buchanan of Rival Sons in studio with me. Interview number two on this week's podcast. From Rival Sons, Jay Buchanan is here. Good to see you, brother. Good to see you too, Eddie. You don't live in Southern California anymore. I no longer live in Southern You're California. Tennessee, dude. I live out in Tennessee. I live in Franklin, Tennessee, just outside of Nashville. And uh, you like it, or you miss you miss it here? What do you, what do you what do you? Well, okay. Look, I'll put it this way, man. It's it's interesting. Tennessee's been really good to me. I moved out there and. Um, there was just so much work out there for me for writing. And I, I found myself traveling out there so much. It made sense for me to make the move. And then once we get out there, uh, my wife, my daughter, they love it. And, uh, it's, it is strange because I could live out there 
until I'm 100 years old, I will never be Southern. I just <laughs> never. The Pacific Ocean is in my blood. Yeah. You know, so when I come out here, it definitely, I feel it. I, I, I get more homesick when I come out to visit everybody out here. Yeah, you were anything. just telling me some good food spots to hit when you said what, where I like to eat out here, and you were telling me some good spots. So, oh yeah, I could definitely tell your your you know this your hometown stuff was coming through a little bit. Yep. Like you got to hit this place, and oh yeah, and yeah. you know that's up here in L.A. Don't even get me started on Long Beach, man. Yeah, that's that's the home turf. Home, Long Beach, I know where it's all at. So you're here now, obviously, because and congratulations, nominated for two Grammys going into this weekend. What's your plan? Do you, you obviously you're going to attend? Yeah, and yeah, the, we'll the, attend. The rock ones are done not during the ceremony, which makes me nuts. But they're done before, right? Yeah, yeah. They're, we're they there's a broom closet that. <laughs> They put us in in between, I believe, from like noon to four. A holding pen? Well, it's like they put us in. Rock music gets in there with like um, best uh, polka ensemble and different things. You know, all all kidding aside, not really kidding. No, unfortunately uh, you're not, which is- uh, But no, it's actually, it's a beautiful, it's a, you know, the large auditorium. Sean, do you know? Novo. So we're going to be over there. And- um, What time do you have to report? Like, give me the rundown. Somewhere around noon. It's well, early. Around it, yeah, it's early. And you know me. I don't. It's it's hard. I'm here. What time is it? Twelve twenty-two. I just got up twenty minutes. I don't. Ago. I'm with you, man. I this go on difficult. What, I go on the air East Coast time. I started too. Yeah. Which I'm. You know, that's reasonable for me. But I'm super nocturnal. Right. So yeah. when I come to L.A., it, I've got to be here and ready to go at eleven in the morning. I'm like freaking out, like setting alarms. And oh people yeah. People look at me like I'm crazy. But you just have that that those hours and that schedule, and that's how you roll. So. Bless you, Jay's, Jay's having a sneezing fit at the moment. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. Um, so you got to be there at noon. So I got to be there at noon, and uh, you know we're going to go there. A whole was, band in town? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The okay. whole band isn't in town yet, but uh, you know I was just on the phone with my partner Scott while I was driving over here, and we're you know talking about just discussing the various metrics of what this week is going to be like. All of the you know there's different pre parties and different things like that, and. Uh, I, it's really interesting because you get the opportunity to bump into people and talk with people that are in completely different genres right. of, of music and um, whether it's pop or like spoken word or just, or, you know, best polka. And right, right. But you get to run into these people and um, that really lights it up for me to be able to talk to other artists that are approaching it from a completely different genre, mm. you know, because all the people that make music in the first place, they're they're giving their version of the truth. Mm. And so, so to interface with these people really turns me on. Were you surprised when you guys were nominated twice? Or did, did you see it coming? Did, were you hopeful of it? What was the vibe, um, you know, where this kind of lies in? You know, I was very surprised, man. Yeah. We were, yeah, we were, the bus was coming in into uh, Aarhus, Denmark. And we were out on a long, uh, really, really great European tour. And um, I had just gotten out of bed. I want to say it's about, I don't know, 1 p.m. or something like that. And we're going real slow approaching the hotel that we're going to stay at that night. <clears throat> I come down and I uh, start uh, pouring a coffee. And then I hear everybody's down there. And I hear this explosion, you know, from everyone. Oh, my God. You're nominated. You're nominated. Oh, Goodness, and I'm sitting there, and I'm just trying to process it, because right at that moment, I got manager Blaze texting me, 
A&R, Pete Ganbark texting me. Have you heard Dave Cobbs texting me? Hey, you see what's up? And I'm just, I'm trying to get my bearings. Right. Like, what? And then within three minutes, no, you got another nomination. You got it twice. And that was, uh, that was one of the weirder days I've had in a long time. And let me tell you, I've got a lifetime of weird days. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a strange one because it seems inconceivable. I think that in this industry, um, anything with performance, you know, and the showbiz industry, uh, you get used to, um, getting the hope beat out of you really quick. Like you don't let yourself get excited about stuff, you know, or prospects and all of that. Like nothing's ever real until it's done. And, uh, and so I looked at it, um, like, wow, well, if we're nominated that actually we have an accolade that can't be, can't be taken from us. And that's a good feeling, man. Mm. You know, that's a really good feeling because you get that um, letting yourself get excited about stuff like that. It gets beat out of you real early. So then your ethos ends up being like, okay, the dream is dead. Long live the dream. <laughs> you know? But that is kind of the story of a, a musician trying to come up. You know, so many doors slammed in your face, so Total, many rejections, yeah. so many no's that you just kind of like, all right, we'll see. You know, whatever. Yeah, everybody out there listening. Until it actually happens. And everybody out there listening can relate because it's like you fail until you succeed. And um, and so you just get used to it, right? Yeah. You, you, you learn to love the, the taste of the mat and the ring. <laughs> well, let's hope. God knows I'm pulling for you, and I hope you win them both, and you should, and it's deserving, and it's uh, – it's been a remarkable year, man, because I was just thinking a little over a year ago, I had Scott in here with me and Feral Roots had just come out. Yeah. I remember he showed up and we had a great conversation and the record had just been released and we were talking for a bit and I was telling him how much I loved the record and you guys were just setting out on the whole promotional run for the record. That's and right. That's right. And and now here we are a little over a year later, the record is... Uh, you know, universally loved and you're still working feral roots, right? I mean, that's, we are, we're still working feral roots, man. We launched the third single, uh, shooting stars and that's going, you know, to two different formats, you know, active yeah. rock and, and triple a, they say it's a crossover something, you know, that it's really, that it can work. And, um, so, and that one's going really strong. So there's no telling if we can squeeze a fourth single out of this, you know, maybe a stood by me or something like that. Uh, I don't know. It would be great. It would be great. For, uh, it'd be great to coast on this one because in the meantime, we've already begun writing. I was going to ask for you the about next that. record. Yeah. How how far how far down how far along are you on that? Um, I think there's um, there's been a lot of lot of work already done. Not within the whole band necessarily. It's Scott working on his stuff and me working on mine before we like really come together on it. And you know the way we typically typically well, get at it. Well, with Feral Roots, you guys went about the writing in a different way than you had previously, right? Oh hell the yes, the process was yes. different. So th- for the next record, will it be similar to how you did Feral Roots? Take take the folks through the, that sort of process. Yeah. How well, it was different and what you, how you're going to approach it going forward. Yeah. I'll give you guys, I'll give everybody a quick uh, history lesson really quick. Yeah. So rival has got seven records altogether. Feral roots being the most recent, the first six records were made very, very rough shot. We get into the studio and this is, it's very intentional. Get into the studio. Don't bring material in. Um, Bring in a couple of maybe rough ideas, but don't bring because I'm a I'm a complete songwriter. I will write songs, you know. 
Music lyrics, everything. Yes, mu- yeah, yeah, the whole, you know, the whole thing. But it's like, you know, I have a partner, Scott, like, the worst thing, you know, worst mistake we could ever do is not to have his signature hands mm-hmm. on, on anything, sure. you know, and, and I feel like uh, the sound of Rival Sons is everyone's um, personal identity on each one of those songs. And so we go in and we just, we start writing right away and we, we record as soon as the song is written. And so we're going to be, we're doing at least one song a day. And we'll get in there for just a couple of weeks and then jump out. And the reason that we would do that with these first six records is so that um, the listener, when they listen to the album for the first time or the song for the first time, uh, they're hearing us play it for the first time. And it, it really is a shared experience. It's a kinetic thing. And maybe the listener doesn't realize that. Mm-hmm. But for us, we, uh, we've we always been purists to that end. Um uh, in terms of performance, because when you don't know exactly what you're doing, when you when you aren't altogether sure that you can give a flawless performance, um, something special happens there, and it's a different it's a different fight for survival when you aren't replicating something that you've already done, and you're just trying to refine it and do it perfectly. There's nothing perfect about this band, by God, nothing. <laughs> But that's the beauty of yeah, it. Yeah, there is never a flawless execution because we just uh, that's not part of our our narrative altogether. Yeah. You know, we just it's it has to be live and it's got to be an, an electric eel that's squirming out of your hands constantly. I mean, massive respect beyond the songs and everything from as a fan about that because I'm I'm on a massive campaign and raging for the last year or two about what I feel is an epidemic in rock that needs to be stopped. And that is rock bands not truly playing live. I can't, I don't want to hear it. I feel betrayed as a, as a fan and I want to hear I pay for live. I want live. Absolutely. I personally, Scott and I have been talking about it for years, but we're putting it in the works. Now we're going to put together a festival of like-minded rock bands the division that we see in rock and roll, there's a lot of different branches. There's a lot of different hybrids of, of rock, rock and roll and rock music. And there's a lot of exciting young and up and coming bands right now that are bringing it really live and getting back to Mm -hmm. the roots of rock music. And that makes me so happy. And I I know that there are these various factions, you know, for, for these different bands that are out there doing it live right now. And I'm looking at it and I'm, I look at the division or these people only play with these people, these people play with these people. I'm just thinking, you know what? We got to start a festival and just get everybody under the umbrella and do what's good for the genre. When do you want to do that? You, you got a uh, target already, on that? We're working on it. It's really fluid right now, but we're just... Um, Where would you do it? Not a touring thing, a one-off... That's a TBD. Yeah. You know, whether it's a touring thing or a TBD, or, um, we're we're rounding things up right now because it is a huge undertaking. The more that I look into it, right. it takes a lot. It takes a lot of people putting in a lot of work. Um, but it's really... it's a. I see it as a mission... Um, from CAD, <laughs> but like I look at the, I look at the genre and I think, you know, we're fortunate enough to be nominated, right? And then I'm looking within the categories and I'm looking at the amount of diversity that's within these categories for the first time, you know, in a, in a while, when you look at the different bands that are actually in each category, when like going to vote, 
There's actually, there's a good amount of diversity. And I think that with the influx of so many different, so many different types of bands, so many different art forms, so many different musical art forms out there that are coming through and growing up out of the, out of the concrete every day. I think that that diversity, um, I see modern culture celebrating that. And along with that, there are new versions of rock and roll and there are new types of bands coming in. And I want to, uh, I, I just, I'm looking at it and I think that the genre where it's at with recognition, rock and roll is so much more than um, a caricature of a decade or um, a novelty, mm. you know, because people love rock and roll. I know it. Yeah. And um, I'd like to do something to spotlight and to bring unify the bands well when you're ready and that's happening i mean you got 100 percent support from me man however yeah. you need to get the word out whatever i can do to help absolutely let me ask you a couple quick things then i promise the audience because we only have another 20 minutes or so i promise the audience that a few folks could say hello to you while you're here so the tour i felt when i heard you were going to go out on that co-headline with stone temple pilots yeah i felt that was going to be for people that weren't in the know on Rival Sons, that that was going to be probably the best platform you guys have had uh -huh. yet touring in America. Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, I feel like I'm right, and you can tell me if I am, because since that tour, I was doing a lot of year-end stuff, as people do, and mm -hmm. I was revealing my albums of the year and shows of the year, and you guys were at the top on those for me. But uh, Thank a you, lot by of, the way. Thank you Well, that. it's just how I feel. I mean, it's just... It, it, for a lot of reasons. But anyway, a lot of people called in. Yeah. Hey, now I get what you're talking about because I finally saw Rival Sons on that tour with Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah. How did you feel that whole thing went? Did you feel you did you feel a real kick off of that? There in America. I know in Europe and other parts of the world it's a different thing I, for you guys. The first answer is yes, but I it it bears explanation. I I think um my familiarity with the Stone Temple Pilots catalog, you know, for over the years, you know, and everything that those guys have gone through, you know, just to keep the fire lit. Sure. And I look at that, they've always been tremendous people when, whenever I've interacted with anyone from the band. I absolutely fell in love with that band when we were out on tour, and I was out there watching their set every night. Mm. And I probably spent more time in their dressing room hanging out with Dean and Robert and then mine <laughs> yeah. every day. Yeah. So we just sit and talk about whatever or yeah. just jam, you know, break out some acoustic guitars. There was so much that I could relate with and they were such kind people. Anytime I, I am afforded the opportunity to get in there and, and just sit and have an honest dialogue about what it means to do this. This is a very unique vocation and lifestyle. And they still, they come from a different time. And they have so, there's always so many nuggets of wisdom that, mm. that, that uh, end up get thrown around. Things for me to keep. Yeah. You know, things for me to carry with me. And uh, it makes you feel so much less alone when you run in of people that are like-minded yeah. and uh but you're asking you know what it did for us professionally or moreover possibly in a um in a fan expansion in yeah. an audience expansion i, think, I felt it I, from, on this show i think that we got it uh I, I feel that we really got that it depended on the area 
because we have we have certain areas throughout the United States where we we do re, Rival Sons does really really well on our own. Um, them bringing us out and being with them playing um, in uh, Asbury Park right there. Yeah, that's their, that's actually their home area. Oh, I know. You, you, you let me know last time I talked yeah, yeah. to you. I said, yeah, they're from San Diego. No, they're not. Jersey no, boys. they're not. They're like Jersey me. boys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, just being there with them, playing out in the open air and watching those guys, they're giving it every night. Yeah. And that's all I want to see from people. Yeah. And they, they deliver so, so much. Um, I, I was just, I was taken aback and so delighted to make uh, lifelong friends out of yeah. those people, you know, and to be so inspired. Yeah. Great dudes. Hey, so real quick, before we grab a couple calls, what was it like singing the national anthem at Gillette Stadium? And did they know that you now live in Tennessee when they were playing the Titans and lost to the Titans <laughs> well, before the, they called you? Well, there is there is this. When uh, Blaze, uh, our manager here, hit me up and he says, hey, do you have interest in doing this thing? I said, yeah, of course. The National Anthem's fun to sing, and it's a huge honor. It's a huge, sure. you know. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and so I said, yes, definitely. And then, it, uh, a really, really funny thing was he hits me back like two hours later and he says, Hey man, um, they need you to make a video of, uh, of you singing it really quick. And I go, what? They, they just, wanted you to audition? They just, you, well, it sounded like an audition tape and I'm driving, I'm doing chores cause like I'm right in the middle in between like this thing on this day and this thing on that day where I got to leave, then I got to go. And, I, um, and so I'm driving around in Tennessee, just running errands and taking care of chores. So I hit him back and I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to make this happen. Right. And so I go, Hey man, I'm going to, uh, I just have to use my, my like dash cam while I'm driving. Cause I don't have time and I'll sing it. And it was, uh, it was this thing right here. Dash cam? You mean a camera in the car? In my truck. <laughs> That's what's... <laughs> Jay's so... about... Jay's pulling up on his phone for, for folks. This is his audition. <laughs> and you can see I'm driving around. Oh, I got... <laughs> you know, you see all like the cattle behind me and everything. What's so <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And because I'm just thinking, like, this is too crazy. And I'm like, it sounds crazy enough for me to just send in, like, a, a truck recording. Right. They ended up liking it. And then uh, I went out there. And um, here's what I can tell you about the actual experience. Um, there, you can, you can botch the, the lyrics to any song, you know, as a vocalist. And you miss one thing and just stumble a little bit. It's okay. You 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 can be forgiven, especially if you give a good performance. Like, hey, it happens. A lot of things go through people's minds when they're singing. Um, any song in the world, except the national anthem. Right, right. If you mess up one word, you're unpatriotic. Right. And um, and you'll never live it down. So uh, that I haven't been nervous getting on stage in probably a good twenty years. And it was fun to feel those nerves, like high school talent show yeah. nerves, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm going to get on still. Man, I don't know if I could do this. 
but getting on stage and just going through the going through the lyrics over and over and over all day and then they put me down on the 50 yard line and uh and then they hold me there and then there's like a 60 yard flag that they're unfurling like behind me and they're doing all of this stuff i know what it's like i'm very very familiar with playing in front of 60 to 100,000 people that's it's no problem now 66,000 sports fans <laughs> Before a giant sporting event, that is a completely different energy. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and I'm standing up, and I'm waiting for my cue. And uh, they didn't give me any in-ear monitors, which I thought for sure they would because of all of the reverb and the delay coming back. But they uh, they didn't they didn't do that, and uh, it was one of those things. Uh, I don't I don't think I've concentrated that hard in a long time. <laughs> Wow. But it was a huge honor. 50-yard line, and then they bring out the players. I see, like, um, Brady's in front of me, and, like, their whole lineup is there. And uh, it was really, really trippy. And I thought about what to wear. I'm not too much of a sports guy, you know. Um, And I thought of what to wear. Like, what am I going to wear to this huge game? And right away I thought about, like, Broadway Joe. <laughs> and I'm like, I've got some fly trench coats, like furry, <laughs> nice trench coats. So I tried to get pay, uh, pay homage to uh, Joe Namath. There you go. Uh, that was that's awesome. Listen, we're going to run out of time here, and I promised a few people they'd get to call in and say a quick hello to you. So let's grab a few calls here for Jay Buchanan of Rival Sons, who is here in the studio. This is uh, this is Kendall, who's in Cleveland. Kendall, go ahead, buddy. Hey, Ed. Hey, Jay. Um, What's up, Kendall? I, I got, not much, man. Love the music. I got turned on to you by this channel when you guys uh, performed live with, in, in the studio, man. And I'll tell you what. Oh, that's right. Away. Yeah. That was that was for that I wasn't heard. that was before Feral Roots actually I forget when when we yeah, did. that was yeah, that was out. back in New York yeah right? we in were New back York. in New York we were the first band to ever play live on this show yeah mm-hmm. and yeah, there's video and audio out. of that too yeah I went out and bought Hollow Bones um, but I tell you what man some bands they're derivative and it's obvious who they're derivative from but you guys I just hear little elements of like old bands from here and there like during that performance. Your voice at times. I heard Glenn Hughes. I heard Eric Burden. All of them. Uh, the it. music. I heard Blue Cheer. I'm like, dude, these guys are yeah. killer. But um, yeah, wound up seeing you open or play with uh, Stone Temple Pilots. It's a great show yeah. in Cleveland. I don't know. Yeah, if the that was a good one. That was a good Detroit. one. I loved Cleveland. I got the day off uh, just ahead of that show. And I got to go running out on the water and like get around the city, and uh, yeah. I really had a great experience in Cleveland. I can tell you Good. that. Yeah, because you know, it used to be the butt of you, jokes. It's well, not anymore, you know. But um, one more. Well, that's um, debatable. Man, You'll have to. It, it depends on where you go. <laughs> But uh, at the the opulent city of Cleveland, I love Cleveland, and it was I had a really good time there, especially for that show. Um, you know, talking right. about the the band, we I could tell you we try to be original. You know, I think that Dude, you're original. Er, early on, early on, you know, you're. I think that it's perfectly natural to wear your influences on your sleeves because um, you're getting your way and you're doing your thing. And but I by this time. I can say confidently and very honestly that I feel like we're 
kind of getting in that zone where we're able to purvey our own lane, you know. I think so, without a doubt. Let's get Justin in Tennessee in here Thanks, real Kendall. quick. Thank you, Kendall, for the call. Justin, in Tennessee, you're on with Jay Buchanan. Hey, guys. <clears throat> I was just wanting to ask Jay, um, is there any chance the first couple of uh, albums be released on CD anytime soon? And since you guys are so great live, has there been any discussion of a live CD or DVD coming out? Well, okay. Uh, to, to answer the first one, you mean the first couple Rival Sons albums on CD, right? Yeah, the EP and... Yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. realize those weren't readily available to people. Yeah, I know that they exist on yeah, CD because I have them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know they exist, and and if we're running low, and we need to reprint or anything. Uh, absolutely, we'll we'll make those uh, we'll make those available. Rival Sons is in the in the middle of actually starting our own record label um, that handles all of our uh, our earlier catalog so that we can oversee and make sure that these things are met, uh, these needs are met. But in the interim, um, there's just, uh, there's a little bit of back and forth um, and maybe uh, maybe some of these things aren't getting done as quickly as possible, um, but we are on it. I can tell you that. It's going to be, it's called Sacred Tongue Records and we're going to be cool. releasing our old material. And did you thought, and that's a great question, Justin, and thank you for the call. Has there been any thought about releasing any sort of live document of what yes. you do, whether a recording or a video there, or anything? There's, there has absolutely been, that's that's been an ongoing discussion for yeah. us because uh, from the beginning, we knew that Rival Sons was a live band, really a live band. We record live in the studio. Mm. Uh, but the energy that you get from, say, you know, uh, when you get into the studio and you make a record, each one of those songs, well, they, by the time you're finished, uh, each one of those songs gets two lives to live. They get the life of, uh, that's immortal, that lives on the actual album, you know? So that's what people are going to be streaming on Spotify or name your streaming service. Uh, but and then there is what the song actually grows into and really grows into in a very organic way and that's in the live performance every night and we the band's unified on the idea that we want to do this we would love to do this there are a lot of factors that go into that mm. and um it's hard to get you know a group of guys like us to agree on where to go to lunch you know <laughs> versus anything else so we're working on it it's an ongoing conversation and hopefully sooner than later for you well listen man we're going to end here in about 60 seconds so i want to uh you've got that last call hanging on there just tell my mom she still makes the best chili rellenos <laughs> it's okay mom i love you uh we i thank you for coming in and i wish you nothing you and the guys nothing but the best this weekend i hope it uh I hope you got, hope you got two of them come Monday morning, man. I really do. And uh, thanks for for the time. I know you got a lot going on, and uh, good luck. You good are luck the this weekend. you are the absolute best, and you deserve the best that life has to give. Thank I can you, tell sir. you are you are a very very good man. It's being so supportive with us. I really appreciate it. Well, you know what you're doing is important, 
and important for rock and i'm all about rock and i it's it's so so important what rival sons does and on to bigger and better things in this new year of 2020 for you guys i i truly hope that's the case hell yeah we've we're already working on this next record and i'm excited about that you know we'll have to schedule when we're going to go on and record get all of that stuff done but um, i think that we've found a rhythm in terms of the recording process that works for us well, sadly, a few days later, we found out that the Grammys, who are just so clueless and disrespectful anyway when it comes to rock, I mean, they don't even televise the categories. It's a joke. But anyway, it would have been nice if Jay won, but they didn't. But uh, just the same, Rival Sons, one of my favorite newer bands, Jay, a tremendous singer. And I thank him for coming by the studio that day, which happened a couple weeks ago for the, uh, well, the radio show on Sirius XM. And, of course, now hearing it on the podcast. Thanks earlier to Klaus from Scorpions for calling in as well. Remember, all the interviews you hear on the podcast originated live on my daily Sirius XM radio show on Channel 106 Volume, Trunk Nation, talking rock with you every day, live 2 to 4 Eastern, replay 10 to midnight Eastern, audio and video on demand anytime you want on the Sirius XM app. If in the U.S. and Canada and you are not already a subscriber, please come on board and join me every single day. You're only getting a little taste here on the podcast. Remember to follow me on social media, at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, where I am most active, Instagram, fan page on Facebook, eddietrunk.com is the official online home. Thanks to Katie Irizarry. She is the producer of the Eddie Trunk podcast. And I'll see you next Thursday for another all-new episode with Sons of Apollo, all five members. That's next week. Have a good one. kids or pets, you know stains and odors in your carpet and upholstery are inevitable. But the experts at ChemDry can help. ChemDry removes odors and stubborn stains by sending millions of carbonating bubbles deep within your carpet. ChemDry lifts dirt, urine, and stains to the surface to then be extracted away, giving you a cleaner and healthier home. Call 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com to connect with your local ChemDry and learn about special offers in your area. That's 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com today.